Hi, everyone. Welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel, and I'm back with another amazing story about New York City. And speaking of amazing, how incredible was the city this weekend? I mean, 75 and sunny in the middle of November. I know this is a bad thing. Okay, we're all on the same page. This should not be happening. But it did happen, so I had to take advantage of it. So I had to be out in the streets seeing people and having drinks and riding city bikes and watching the marathon on Sunday. And I'm sure that really sucked for all the runners, so I'm I'm very sorry about that. But for me, sitting outside with my friends and the sun was shining, it was incredible. So I'm sure all of that will be over soon and we'll get into the fall crisp air that everyone loves. Uh, But this weekend was great and the energy was was just on fire. And I know I always say that, but it's true. I'm sure come find me like February 18th, I'll be crying about how much everything sucks. But for now, let's just have a good time. And speaking of having a good time, what do we know is up next? It's Rachel's Rec. So I think I have some good ones this week that will be very good for you to go out and have some fun in New York City. Number one, Strip House's 24-layer chocolate cake. The recommendation is not for Strip House. I mean, you can go there on your own, have a great time. But the way I like to do it, not a surprise to anyone if you listen to the show, is I like to go there and sit at the bar and have the cake for dessert and get a drink to go with it. It is absolutely perfect. So I did just that this weekend. My family was in town. We had dinner at another lovely restaurant. We were so full. And then she was like, should we go get the strip house chocolate cake? And I was like, yeah, we should. So we jumped on city bikes and we went up there. We closed down the bar. Everyone working there is so nice. Okay, let's get to this cake. It's massive. Like I can't even put into words how huge this cake is. You will not finish it. I mean, it's a slice. I'm not giving you a whole cake, but it's delicious. It's got like chocolate on chocolate on chocolate. If you like chocolate, if you like sugar, if you like dessert, this is it. This is for you. Now, admittedly, I'm a vegetarian, so I've never really even eaten at Strip House. I mean, I've eaten there for my husband's birthday, but I have like some form of potatoes and alcohol. But this, this is the way to go. We always get this for dessert. And yes, even though it's so big, what you do get that my cousin very smartly brought up is if you don't finish it, you take it home with you and you have the rest for breakfast. So voila, it's two meals in a row. Go to Strip House, East 12th Street between 5th and University, sit at the bar, get this delicious, wonderful chocolate cake. Okay, number two. I don't know what is up with this, but when the weather starts turning and it starts getting like a little crisp, obviously what we did not have this weekend, but it is coming to us, but it starts to get this fall in the air. I get this feeling that I really want to go to an old tiny bar. Does anyone else get this? I don't know what this is, so I can't stop thinking about Ear Inn, okay? It's on Spring Street all the way to the water. You've probably been there before. It may or may not be the oldest bar in New York City. I can't seem to get to the bottom of this. There seems to be a lot of discrepancy between like Pete's, Old Town, Ear Inn, someplace in Brooklyn, but it doesn't matter. It's been there since 1816. It almost like being so close to the water, it gives me like a maritime feel. I just like to go there in the middle of the day on a Saturday or Sunday, get a pint. I almost never drink beer, but I just feel inclined to do that there. It's just a great bar. It feels very old New York in a specific way that you can't really find anymore. So if you're walking around the city and you want something to do, head over to the Ear Inn. I highly recommend it, okay? Those are our Rachel's Rex for the week. If you're not enjoying New York City, Honestly, what the hell are you doing? No, I'm, but no, these are some ideas. You can go out there. And what do you think I'm going to say? Go out and have some fun. That is what this town is for amongst, you know, all the other things like working 60 hours a week and losing our minds. But go out and have some fun. I think you guys will enjoy these. Let's get on to my guest this week. She is the author and photographer behind the new 
wonderful, beautiful, romantic lowlife fantasies. This is a photography book that covers Brooklyn and a few other places in the early 2000s. I'm telling you, if you lived in Williamsburg or nearby or partied in Brooklyn or were in a band, there is a good chance you'll see a photograph of yourself in this book. And it just gives you such nostalgia for the older days. And it's funny because those days are like, I don't know, 16 years ago. But, you know, even if you're one of those Gen Z kids who are going out and buying all of the clothes that we used to wear then, you will love this book. It would be a great Christmas gift, dare I say. I know we're only still in November, but maybe if we're thinking about that, romantic low-life fantasies, please welcome to the show, Laura June Kirsch. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I recently saw something about this book and I was like, this is it. I have to have this girl. This book gave me a tremendous amount of nostalgia for the early 2000s of Brooklyn. And I just thought I would love to have you. And lo and behold, I reached out and you said yes. And I was very lucky once again to have you. So I would love to hear some thoughts on this book. I know it spans during the Obama era's roughly like 2008 to 2016, but what's kind of your thoughts on it? What's your pitch? Okay. So I always wanted to make a photo book since I was like a kid. I've been shooting my whole life and I I don't know what happened. Around 2016, you know, things started getting a little dark in life. <laughs> Correct. I And you know, at that point, like I had been living in Williamsburg, there were all these venues, there were all these businesses that were open that had closed. There was this like magical time where it was just, you know, after the recession, where all these kids opened venues and ran bars and Williamsburg was kind of like Lord of the Flies. Very much so. And it just was like one big party all the time. And it was really fun. And it was just this great community of like artists, musicians, young event promoters, venue owners, just hanging out all the time, having fun. It was like the last moment before social media took over in terms of like smartphones and things like that, where um, people were like plugged in all the time, you know, people still had flip phones or whatever. And it just was like the last moment before everyone had a smartphone. So I knew it was a special time. I knew technology and things had changed so much from that point on. And I don't know, I was like, this was a, this was an interesting time. It's kind of over this, this period's over. And I don't know, I want to put out a book and a lot of artists don't get to put out their books till they're like much later in their career older. And I'm like, I don't want to be older and put out a book. I want to do it now. Yeah. And I just wanted to make a book honoring these people at this time. I just have so many thoughts on everything you're saying. One, I think it's incredibly ambitious and you should be feel so proud of yourself and so New York that you're like, yeah, I want a book to come out while I'm young. And like, I'm not waiting till I'm old. Like, I just feel like that's innately a New York sensibility of like, I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to do it. So bravo to you. And two, it's very easy for me because I was around during this time and I don't want the listeners to be like, oh, these two old ladies talking about this time and what used to be because I get very excited for what is now and what is current and and, and the new things. But considering this is the, the subject matter of the book, I can wax poetic about this time that I was around, but you are hitting the nail on the head 100% of what it felt like at that time and what Williamsburg and what Brooklyn and what these venues felt like. And the constant joke that I have with one of my best girlfriends is whenever we talk about looking back in our early 20s in Brooklyn, we always say, no one could ever say we didn't have fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, considering all of that and how happy it is and how much fun was had, I think it will be great to lead into some of my first questions for you. The first question is always, when did you move to New York? So my New York City origin story is not that exciting because I am from Long Island, like 30 minutes outside the city. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) So I've been hanging out in New York City and like living 
the same life since I was like a teenager, kind of like I started going to shows in middle school. I was going to like the knitting factory and Irving Plaza and like wetlands and all those venues all the time. I moved to school when I was 18 for college to go to school at SVA to study photography. Okay. And then like, honest, I thought I wanted to move to LA, which I, I can't, I mean, I would have to like meet the like most amazing man on the planet or have the job <laughs> of my dreams to make me move to LA. I just like realized it, but I thought I wanted to move to LA. And then like lived in this area on and off, but was living in Astoria, which wasn't for me. And then I moved back to Williamsburg and I just loved it and just, you know, found such a great community. I was like, oh, this is where I want to be. This is, I don't want to, I don't want to live anywhere else. That's not a bad coming to New York story. It's a great coming to New York story. You came for school and you enjoyed it and you thought about leaving, but you decided to stick it out and you've been here ever since. It's a great, it's a great story. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't have like the like. <laughs> uh, I had to like, I was like, yeah, I kind of, I, I live really close. So I was very not, spoiled and very grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's very nice to have such proximity, but not really the, you know, showing up off the bus and drop the bags onto the pavement type. Okay. So then we know that the second question is always, why did you move to New York? And it sounds like a bit of the answer is to come for college. But if you want to expand on that at all about yeah. why you decided to do school here or even stay. I will tell you why. I wanted to work in the music industry. It was important to me to be in a major city because I wanted to be able to work in music while I was in school, which is exactly what I did. I got an internship at Sony Music, then they created a job for me part-time, and I worked there throughout college. So I had a very specific plan, and then I didn't do any of those things, and that's <laughs> what this book is about. Exactly what happened. Well, it's something for all the listeners to learn, and I feel like New York offers that to you. You know, it's like I can have this great plan, and then I can just make a complete left turn, and it still all works out, or it appears as such. I'm alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have a book that just came out. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And you kind of mentioned that you lived in Astoria. It wasn't for you, but like when you first came, did you have any like horror story apartments or any or like dorm or anything like that? Yeah. <laughs> I sure did. I lived in the dorms at SVA and I had some really interesting roommates. The one I shared a room with directly, tell me what you think about this. Okay. She had, she was, and I am like a Luddite. I am like an IRL person. So I am like, I was like the last person to get an iPhone, the last person to join MySpace. You have to like drag me kicking and screaming to get involved in this stuff. So she had a webcam very early on and I don't know what she was like, meet, I don't know. She was like meeting guys off Craigslist and stuff, whatever. Totally fine. Not judging. But she had this webcam and the light would always be turned on even when she wasn't there and the computer would be on. I think she's filming all the time. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, but like, why is this light on? Why is this camera turned on? And this is weird. So I would just turn it off and she would freak out every time. <laughs> And she'd be like, it's not on. I'm like, well, if it's not on, why is the, you know, is that? So I don't know. <laughs> but to this day, I'd love for people to weigh in. Like, why else would the webcam be turned on and the computer? Very strange. I think it's pretty, I don't want to be too jaded, but I think it's pretty obvious she was probably yeah. live streaming her life for monetary gain. And then maybe like yeah. catching glimpses of you changing might have like also helped sell that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was my like typical weird art school roommate situation. It's such a great story of like, yeah, I got in a dorm and then this girl was like secretly webcamming my life to the rest of the year. Yeah, internet. like how do I get residuals from that? You know, I wasn't <laughs> even getting paid. It's such a raw deal. 
(laughs) (laughs) So then you stayed after college that worked out well for you. You did all this photography. You had an incredible life in New York. You still have an incredible life in New York. Considering all of these things and the love you have for the city, I have come to the point where I need to ask you the most important question of the show. And that is Laura. What is the most fun you've ever had in New York City? So this was in 2015. So we had this massive group of friends, this massive group of like party people. They were all like, everyone is very career focused, but everyone also really liked to have a good time. So around 2012, a lot of this friend group moved to LA. Yeah. So that kind of thinned out our friend group. And it was really my friend Greg and Ben and I would just hang out the three of us a lot because it was like this weird transition time where all these people left. But when we had this larger friend group, it was like there was at least like eight to 20 people going out with you every night. So, to you know, you had to be more selective where you're going because everyone had to be able to get in. And the three of us all really like art and music and culture. So we were, you know, we were just going to like different kinds of stuff, but we're able to go to like some more high end events or things like that because it was such a smaller group. Yeah. For me also, I have to shoot at night a lot. So I was working at night. So the nights that I don't have to work, if there's something I want to go to, like I'm going to go. Like I'm not going to miss it because I have had, <laughs> I have to miss so much stuff for my job because I work nights and weekends like my entire 20s. So when you got a night off, you were like, this this is it. I'm going for it. Yeah, especially if it's something that I want to do. 100%. Yeah. So I'm a huge basketball fan. Okay. Huge NBA fan. And we got invited to Carmelo Anthony's NBA All-Star Week party. And this is in February 2015. Wow. Just that is amazing. Yeah. So we're going to this party and it was five degrees out, literally five degrees <laughs> out. I will never forget. It was freezing. And he's like, I don't know, man, maybe we shouldn't go. And I'm like, no, we're going to the party. Like, I'm not, I'm like, I ne- come on. Like, this is like. This is the start of every good New York story is one person doesn't want to do it. And there's the other one pushing it along. So I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm strapped in. So I'm like, come on, we have to, I'm like, well, first of all, NBA All-Star Weekend isn't always in New York. Like, you know, it's, it's in different cities. I'm like, come on. Like, this is like, let's go. It's fun. Is there going to be free Dom Perignon? Let's just do it. So awesome. we go to the party with our friend Ben and we got there and the purpose, I think mean, I remember seeing like Swiss seats and stuff. It was fun, but it wasn't like a remarkable party, but we're, so we're there and just like drinking free champagne, having a good time. I'm like, it's like a fancy party. So I'm like wearing like a nice dress. So we get kind of tipsy. I don't really remember how the night we decided we want to leave. So also that <laughs> night, though, it's the SNL 40th after party. What? So they did the SNL 40th show is that night and they're doing their big party. And a lot of our friends are there because that party was like a big party with like a live band, the whole thing. And like, wait, where was the NBA party? It was at the Gilded Lily. Oh, OK, OK, OK. Got it. So we're there. We we're like downtown. And then we knew this party was happening. I'm like, man, that'd be so fun to go, but like impossible to get to. So I don't know. So we... We leave the Carmel Anthony party, which is fun, but you know, we like had our champagne and hung out. There was only like so much going on there. We're like, all right, let's, let's get out. <laughs> it's only so much champagne one person could take. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, we were pretty, I'm sure we were there for like three hours. I can't, I cannot remember the timelines for life of me, but I know we decided to go to the Rusty Knot. Do you know the Rusty Knot? Do you remember this bar? Very much so. And my dear friend was a bartender there for a long time. Okay. For those who don't know, the Rusty Knot was this incredible bar, like on the West Side Highway, basically, yeah. right? Like kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, like kind of like downtown on the West Side Highway. It was this psychedelic nautical theme bar that had like a galaxy billiards table and had like a fish tank with like Stephen Colbert's head in it and they served (laughs) like tropical drinks in these coconut ceramic cups so it was a great bar 
So remember, it's five degrees out. It's freezing. I'm wearing like a dress and like not a warm enough jacket. They're wearing like, they're not dressed warm either. No one's wearing warm enough clothes for how cold it is. We get there, it's fucking closed and it's freezing. There's nothing over there. And I'm like, oh my God, we are going to freeze to death. It's freezing cold. What are we going to do? When Rusty not was there, it really was no man's land over there. I remember like getting off the subway and being like this walk, you had to walk so far yeah. to kind of get to something else. I don't think there was any businesses. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like it took us like so long to get a cab. So I don't really, again, we're like pretty drunk at this point. <laughs> Just to give a little background of like, Ben is like amazing, magical person. Ben's the kind of person who could like make anything fun. Like we once missed our flight home from Pitchfork Festival because we decided to get hamburgers and drink beers right next to our gate. And then they like gave our seats away, which has never happened. I've never missed a flight my entire life other than this. <laughs> and then like, he's just really good at talking and he just like talked it out immediately got us like first class seats on the next flight an hour and then like we get back and he's just like you want to just go to like so house and go sw- summertime like go swimming and have some more drinks I'm like yeah like just that kind of person who just like keeps the fun going like he'll just keep it going oh I love a person like that yeah just always a good time so look we knew where this SNL party was because our friends were there I'm like should we just try to go and it's like the end of the night the odds of us getting in probably not gonna happen we don't know where else to go it's freezing out we can't like let this night die we gotta try we gotta try but mind you that that's like a black tie party I am wearing a dress appropriate for this because I got dressed up we get there and like Ben and Greg are wearing t-shirt and jeans basically like white t-shirt Ben is wearing like a lightning <laughs> bolt t-shirt from the band he just has like this air about him that like he belongs anywhere (laughs) so we show up and we start walking in and they're just like hey where are your wristbands need a wristband to get in and he just like he talks her way in he talks her way into this huge huge party he's just like oh our friends are coming like like, smooshes you in there oh my god yes i could we could not could this not is, believe this it. is incredible He's oh my god like yeah our friends are coming with their bracelets they'll be here any minute it's like the end of the party though it's like the last hour of it so this is like the tail end and this kind of is just like he just believed us he's just like oh these three <laughs> people i just believe them i maybe because i was wearing like a nice outfit i don't know so we get into the party it's insane you know we get there for like the last call we get like more champagne i like walk right by adam sandler i'm like oh my god that's crazy we get in there it's just like everyone hanging out People, I had bangs at the time and brown hair, and people kept thinking I was Abby Jacobson and oh, coming up to me, <laughs> coming up to me, and they were like, Oh my god, it's you. It's you. And I'm like, oh, no. and I, like, I love no, Broad City. Me. Did you lean into it? Or oh no, you're like, it's not me. It's not me. I'm such a bad liar. I was I think I was like, no, 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 it's not me. I was I was confused at first. Also about 10 bottles of champagne in. So So it's just a crazy experience. Ben and Greg are just dying because they are um they're just wearing like the most casual outfits ever and we just get in there and it's wild you know it's bumping into like molly shannon and then like every celebrity on the planet is there but it's also the tail end of the party then you're seeing your friends who knew you were coming and they're like ah you made it in and just uh it was a wild time like one one of those like new york city magical nights where you're just like anything can happen and the vibe of it in a nutshell i just can't believe we were able to talk ourselves into that the biggest takeaway is something we talk about on the show a lot is just say yes yeah just go ahead and do it and like look what can happen to you and you if you just keep saying yes around every corner like i don't have work tonight i'm gonna go to the nba all-star game and i love the nba so much and then yes let's go for the rusty knot maybe that wasn't supposed to happen but then then you just it forced you if that would have been open you probably would have stayed there 
all night and had a great time. But instead, because it was closed and led you to the next thing of like, where can we go? And like, let's try and sneak into an SNL party. Like, why not? And then see all of these like giants of comedy and Saturday Night Live and like drink more champagne. I mean, it just to me is so you know, recently someone told me I use this word too much, but it is so quintessentially New York of the things that can happen to you if you just say yes to anything and you can just have an absolutely fucking fun night in this town. Yes, it's all about surrendering and absolutely. You just have to say yes and go with it. And you never know what's going to happen. Even if it's something you don't necessarily want to go to, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know what's going to happen. And that is like one reason I love New York so much. Oh my gosh. We're two peas in a pod, you and I, with, <laughs> with this love of just surrendering. Um, I love that story. I think it's so fun. And I think everyone should learn something from that, which is go out, do it, say yes and have some fun. We know you're great at having fun in this city. We know that you love this city. We know that you've written a wonderful book about this city. So I have to ask you the last and final question of the show, which is, what is your favorite thing about New York? Well, my favorite thing about New York is exactly the spontaneity. Like, you never know what's going to happen and how accessible it is. That kind of like magic of New York is just like the anything can happen at any minute. You can meet anybody at any time. And like, even if you go through periods of stagnancy, it'll pick back up at some point. If you're looking for it, it will find you. Yeah. Basically it's like your, <laughs> your favorite thing is you can do it. It can happen. Go out there, have fun, be spontaneous. See, and I, I know exactly what you mean because I think New York offers so much of that to us. Any Tuesday night could be the greatest night of your life. And there could be, like you said, someone could just invite you to something and that would be magical and who knows absolutely literally at the drop of a hat and it's new york's been very good to me so i am uh grateful for that oh i love to hear that that's so great yeah and like we said just just go out and do it just say yes the magic i agree i love your story i love your book i love what you love about new york all of it i'm so happy to have had you i'm so happy to have heard your story my cheeks are hurting from smiling and laughing thank you so much for being on the show i love talking with you about new york oh my god this is amazing thank you for having me yeah of course and let's not forget most of all thanks new york they had fun <laughs>